Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and it is draft day today. Things kick off at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So with that in mind, probably not a Seahawks pick until, oh, around 8 p.m. Pacific or so. So apologies to those of you on the East Coast and maybe even east a little bit farther. But we will be tuning in at fieldgoals.com. And be sure you're subscribed to the podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. Going to be bringing you pick by pick reaction and then wrapping things up at the end of the day as well on each of the draft days for the Seahawks. I suppose if they pick at the end of the first round or if they don't pick at all in the first round, that uh, first day recap could be a little bit rough. And, and we may include the pick since it will be right there at the end of the round as we do the wrap up there. So. Lots to come over the next few days and leading up to it, I went on to KGEZ Radio with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports, to talk a little bit of Seahawks draft talk. So here it is, my conversation with Anthony about what my predictions are for what the Seahawks will do over these next three days. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports, and joining me right now here on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, it is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as we get ready to talk about the NFL draft and get his thoughts on what the Seahawks will do either Thursday or definitely Friday and Saturday. Brandon, great to chat with you, and I hope you're doing well and staying sane, my friend. I am doing well, and I'm I'm fired up for the draft. And I really like how you phrase that. I've, I'm training you well in the ways of the Seahawks. The the fact that the draft starts on Thursday doesn't mean Seahawks fans should expect the team to pick. And and so I'm glad that you're picking up on on some of these things. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, what seven years in a row now, or eight years in a row? That's a that's a trend that you just can't ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's it, There's also this trend of not selecting a cornerback in the first or second round, yet every mock draft, it seems like I, I see Trayvon Diggs over and over or, or some of these other guys that uh, the media can't help but mock cornerbacks to the Seattle Seahawks still. Yeah, I was about to say they haven't learned their lesson yet. They keep thinking that maybe this will be the year they'll finally be right, but... Ultimately, yeah, we until someone until it happens, I guess maybe it happens. Until it happens, so, it could it could happen. It could, Brandon. Before we dive into what the Seahawks are going to do, whether it's Thursday or Friday, let's just start here. Obviously, the big talk of the town right now has been Gronkowski coming back to the NFL. I'm sure you already have no mystery how I feel about it. But what do you think about now, Tom Brady and Gronkowski in the NFC? I mean, I just need to know if you have both jerseys on order now or if you're just having a hard time trying to decide which one, because I could imagine being a Bucks fan. This is pretty exciting. I don't know. Yeah, It's interesting from the Seahawks fan perspective in me when we allowed Marshawn Lynch to be traded to the Oakland Raiders at the time to uh, and that was just a swap of fifth and sixth round picks but gosh the bucks they have to give up a fourth round pick to get a guy who's been retired that, that was pretty interesting but uh, i i could see it being worth it for bucks fans aren't worried about that fourth round pick 
No, I can I can speak for us. We're not really worried. I think we're really happy with what we're going to do. I don't know if we were going to draft, you know, a, a guy in the fourth round with that pick that was going to be a uh, you know Hall of Fame type of player uh, going forward. It could have been. Maybe it could have happened. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, possible. I mean, that's a pr- that's a pretty tough swing to try and uh, to try and hit on though. It is. It is. But I like I said, I am pretty excited, and I'm going to tell you it's option two right now. I'm having a hard time picking which jersey. I want to go with. I'm even having a hard time picking which color. Do I go with those all pewters, or you know, do I go with uh, the the traditional red and white? You know, I'm, I'm having a hard. Yeah, you got your new you got your new jerseys too. So gosh, you know, it's a good off season to be a Bucks fan. If I if I can offer my input, I would personally, if I were you, go with go with Gronk. All right, all right. Like I said, I, I'm I'm willing to I'm open to suggestions. We'll see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, but Brandon, uh, kind of looking at it, uh, talking about the Seahawks and getting to them right now, still no signing by Jadavion Clowney one way or the other as you guys head into this draft. And I have to imagine that's a little frustrating just because you guys laying in limbo. We know even, you know, even if you do sign Clowney, you do need an edge rusher. But in terms of the priority and what round and who you go with, how early, that's ultimately the question. Is it frustrating for you right now that Clowney hasn't signed yet or how do you feel about it? The frustrating part of it is that in this draft, there's really nobody that you can look to at the edge position and say, there's somebody who can be productive behind Clowney in his place next season. That guy's just not there unless you're drafting number two overall and getting Chase Young. So the problem is you you can't fill that need with the draft. It's going to have to be in free agency. The fact that Clowney's still out there. Okay. Everson Griffin is still out there. So there are some options still. It's just I would have liked to see the Seahawks address it sooner. They clearly wanted to go with offensive line and free agency instead and draft or and, and pick up needs there. And then that way they didn't have to worry about drafting offensive linemen, which has been a big weakness for them. So I, I'm frustrated in some ways, but in other ways, too, I look at it and say, you know, how much worse can it get on the defensive line? Because they had one of the lowest sack totals in the league last year. They had one of the lowest pressure rates. So as far as it being a priority, one of the things that we talked about on the Seahawkers podcast, Adam and I, as long as they make a decision on on which part of the of the line that they're going to go with in the offseason, we were going to be they were we were going to accept uh, what the Seahawks decided to do. And ultimately, they decided to go with the side that's protecting their quarterback. And so it, when you are limited in terms of salary cap space and and still, they're saving on to that, that little bit of cap space that could be held for Clowney uh, if he decides to stay with Seattle. But they clearly prioritized protecting Russell Wilson, and it's hard to be upset with that. Brandon, taking a look at uh, the NFL draft tomorrow night, uh, how do you feel about the setup here? Is essentially, you know, Schneider and Pete Carroll, they'll be obviously teleconferencing or Zooming, I imagine, or one way or form or fashion. They're going to be connected, but it's going to be in a lot of separate places. It's the same for all 32 NFL teams. How do you feel about this? Do you think we're going to see a glitch tomorrow night or even a Friday and Saturday? I mean, there's probably glitches that go on every single draft that we just don't even know about. So I would imagine that that's why they're preparing so heavily leading up to this week. And you see the NFL trying to get all the teams together and preparing. But then you see the teams individually doing their own preparation. And I think that's really important for Seattle. And and one of the things listening into the uh, the press conference with Pete Carroll and John Schneider on Tuesday is that you get the sense, and, and they're very aware of the sense, that they've been doing this now 
for a long time. This is going to be their 11th draft that they're going in together. So working with a lot of the same people and knowing how each other works, they kind of have this part down. And now it's just trying to adapt to a different kind of technology. And it was interesting for me to hear just, you know, Schneider's difficulties on his house and how he's gone through a renovation just to try and get the the Internet working better in his house and turning his dining room into a draft room. And so that's interesting. But I have some pretty good confidence that with the Seahawks, they're technologically savvy enough to pull this off. And if nothing else, I mean, they're, they're going to be using the phone anyway, which is how they they get their picks in every single year. Right now, my feature guest, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast. We'll take a deeper dive into who Brandon thinks the Seahawks will pick if they hold on to that first round pick or who could be around for that first selection on Friday in the second round. We'll get Brandon's thoughts on all that and more next here on the Knock on Sports. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks and the NFL Draft. And joining me on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as we get ready for this weekend's NFL Draft. And uh, Brandon, right now the Seahawks, they've got seven picks so far. They've got one first-rounder, two second-rounders, one third, two fourths, one sixth. I want to give you the over-under here. Ten picks. Do you think they exceed that or they stay under that by the end of this weekend? I'm going to go with the under for 10 this year. And the reason why I base that off of some of the things that we're hearing from Pete Carroll and John Schneider and that they want guys who are going to be kind of NFL ready and are really dialed in on their conditioning in the offseason. So I think this might be the type of year where they go with fewer picks, just knowing that rookies are going to have less of an impact this season. And so we might see some of those picks traded away for players who they know can have an impact next year, guys who are on the last year of their deal. So if they make some trades for some current players, I wouldn't be surprised. And so I would, you know, it might be nine picks, but I just, I like the, I like the under uh, when, when you're talking 10 picks. Now, listen, we've talked about it and we started it off with the fact that we know Seattle usually doesn't pick in the first round, hasn't for quite some time. So I know this being kind of the hypothetical here, But say that the Seahawks, because they do, I think, have the ammunition to trade up, maybe not inside the top five, but they do have the ammunition to trade up if they wanted to. Is there a player, maybe say either in the the spots between five and 10 or five and 20 that you would see, you know, see the Seahawks going after and trading up for? Yeah, if they go up to five and 10, that's a big swing. We're talking about trading, you know, maybe a first round pick next year, too, along with this first round pick and maybe one of their second round picks. If they trade up into the top 10, the guy that I've just, you know, my draft crush this season has been Isaiah Simmons at a Clemson. And so if they were to go up and get him, that would be a player that I would be pretty excited about. You know, if they're just if you're talking about trading up maybe to 2021 and packaging their first round pick with one of their late second round picks, they have the ammunition to do that. And if a guy like Javon Kinlaw tends to slip based on injury concerns. That's a player that I could see them going with. Uh, another player, you know, if they go offensive tackle, Austin Jackson, Isaiah Wilson, those are a couple guys that I would look at and say, you know, if they're going to look for an offensive lineman of the future and just based off of this offseason being uh, kind of themed around protecting Russell Wilson or, or finding guys for Russell Wilson, then those are two options where I could see them going if they're trading up. Now, what about if they hold on to their first round pick? Where do you see them going? Who's a guy that you kind of feel like might be in that area that the Seahawks could get that you like? 
Yeah, if they stay at the back end of the first round, there again, there's a couple different ways they could go. If they go offensive side of the ball and looking for guys for Russell Wilson, running back is a place where I could see him going. Chris Carson going into his last year of his deal, Rashad Penny coming off a pretty tough injury, might not be ready for the season. So a guy like Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, he's talked about how he wants to be a member of the Seahawks on national broadcasts. So the the idea of going out to get him, plus he fits the Seahawks profile of what they look for as a running back. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, J.K. Dobbins, but he's maybe more of an early second round pick. But I, I see guys like that at running back. In terms of wide receiver, there's a couple different ways I think they could go. Uh, Jalen Rager, uh, Denzel Mims, uh, Brian, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Those are some names if they want to find weapons for Russell Wilson. But, you know, they they do have quite a few guys there as well. But And it's a deep class, so I could see them going with that later. Um, I could see them going defensive line. And there's a lot of guys that I like on the defensive line late in round one. Devon Hamilton. Uh, uh, Raquan Davis out of Alabama, and maybe he is more of a, a late round two type of guy. Uh, Jabari Zuniga at the pass rush spot. Yitor Grossmatos is a guy who's been mocked quite a bit to the Seahawks, along with Jul- Julian Aquara out of Notre Dame. So yeah, that's that's a pretty good list of I think guys that they could if if they if one of those guys is their guy and they're not willing to trade down and pick up some extra picks and they just they got to take them there. Those are some of the names that I could see them staying put for. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as we are talking about the NFL draft that starts tomorrow night. Uh, Brandon, priorities here. What positions do you feel like the Seahawks need to prioritize, uh, whether it be in the first round, second round, or third round? Yeah, and I'm, I guess I'm not so concerned about where they get these players in the draft in terms of priority, but I think the C- I think we're going to see the Seahawks come out of the draft with an interior defensive lineman. I think we're going to see them coming out with both a wide receiver and a running back. And a wide receiver and running back could even wait until rounds three and four. But uh, if they go interior defensive line, rounds one and two makes sense. O- offensive tackle is another spot that I could see making sense for the team. And they have so many guards, but there's a pretty nice group of Seahawks-type guards that are going to be around in rounds three and four that I could see them going after. So those are where my mind goes in terms of different priorities. Uh, But, you know, there's other nice players at at positions of safety and linebacker, too, that if the right player falls to them, the idea of of need kind of goes out the window and you look to for the best player that can, you know, you can build your future around. Brandon, say the Seahawks do what they have always done, which is trade out of the first round. So you guys don't make a selection tomorrow night. You end up making your first pick in the second round on Friday. Uh, Who do you feel like is a player that you're really going to be looking forward to in that second round? Yeah, it's it's actually a lot of those same guys that I mentioned at the end of the first round. And because there are so many guys, that's why it makes it easy for them to think that they could move out, move early on into the second and then maybe pick up a, a later to mid-round, third-round pick. And because there are so many guys kind of in that second, third, fourth-round area where I, I think you can get a pretty quality player. So it, it wouldn't shock me. I'm expecting it that they trade from the 27 spot down early on into the second round. But it's a lot of those same players. Uh, a couple guys I haven't mentioned, Josh Uche. Uh, the the linebacker and he's also you know he can be more of that edge defender type player Zach Bond's kind of in that similar category out of Wisconsin 
uh, a, a player that I really like, and I don't know if they'll go safety, but and I don't even know if he'll be there in the second round. But if he's there, Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota, uh, say another safety, Grant Delpit, some offensive linemen too. Ezra Cleveland uh, is a guy out of Boise State that he probably wouldn't start next year, but if they're looking for a guy down the road who can be a, a solid tackle prospect, uh, Ezra Cleveland's one of those guys. Brandon Schultz joining us here. Brandon, my final question for you. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about the Seahawks and what they're going to do in the NFL draft. Is there another team that just kind of interests you, intrigues you, like maybe the Dolphins with their three first-round picks? Is there a team that you're kind of intrigued by uh, that you're going to be keeping an eye on tomorrow night? Oh, well, aside from the NFC West rival teams, I mean, San Francisco having the 13th overall pick after you know, trading away one of their best defenders, uh, them having the number 31 pick, they're going to be ones to watch Arizona to see where they go with the number eight overall pick. Uh, seeing if Cincinnati can find a way to screw up and and not take Joe Burrow at number one, that, that's kind of interesting to me. And uh, And yeah, could Miami package all those picks and find a way to make that trade with Cincy. That's because, you know, the, the things that I've read is that they're very interested in Burrow. I don't know why teams aren't just going to wait and see uh, if they can be um, the team that ultimately is drafting quarterback first for next year. And I, I'm kind of wondering if a team like the Patriots would set themselves up to do something like that. It would be really interesting considering the fact they need to find themselves a quarterback here uh, sooner rather than later. Wait for, wait for Trevor Lawrence and, and see what happens next year. That that would be the interest. If I were the Patriots, I would try and trade for as many future first round picks next year uh, as possible. So tanking for Trevor, huh? <laughs> I think so. Brandon Schultz, you, you wouldn't put it past Belichick, would you? I wouldn't put it past Belichick, even though I, I feel like I feel like he'll manipulate some other organization to get one of those early round picks. So then he ends up getting Trevor Lawrence and he doesn't have to, uh, you know, cash in all his chips. I, I don't know. I just feel like he'll manipulate somebody. He seems, he seems to be able to do that to, to some teams, I think. Maybe Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Maybe Bill O'Brien, maybe the Lions. You know, he has a lot of his former coaches out there around the league now. Absolutely. My feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast. Brandon, if they want to follow you guys and what you're planning on for the NFL draft, how can they do that? Yeah, we got another episode of the Seahawkers podcast out there, seahawkerspodcast.com, talking to Rob Staten about what the Seahawks could do and why he likes <laughs> running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin in the potentially in the first round or early on in the second. And a lot of other players that we're talking about, too, also covered the press conference from Pete Carroll and John Schneider on the Field Goals podcast, uh, SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. Brandon, really appreciate the time. As always, appreciate the insight. Look forward to chatting with you next week as we recap and find out who are new Seahawks. Can't wait. 